Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. Hey guys, what's up? Amir Ryder here with another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast going live with my guest, Ken London. Ken, how are you? I'm fantastic. Could be, because any better, I'd be guilty. That's a good answer. I like that. And always positive. You bring the best energy, man. I uh, loved our conversation the first time we met. And I'm excited to uh, have this podcast and to share it with buyers of uh, sales services, sellers of sales services, everybody who listens to this podcast with the goal of learning. You've been the president at RevKey for quite some time. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the lovely business of sales agency work in the first place. What brought you here? Yeah, it's interesting because I think most of the time, just like those who go into sales, you stumble into it. Say it again. Was it like a wrong turn or is it like a stumble into sales? No, it was. Uh, so I had, I had uh, run two companies prior to deciding to launch and launch Revue about seven years ago, doubled them in revenue, did the thing and still ended up getting fired from the last one. So I spent the next week and a half traveling the United States, going to Chicago and Dallas and interviewing with private equity and corporate headhunters and all the silliness. And uh, two things go on. One was I found that there was an underappreciation for the client, the customer at the corporate level. And if you're going to run a sales team, last thing you want is an, you know, an executive suite that doesn't actually like their customers. Yeah. <laughs> and this, the second thing that we thought about as I went through that, I was, I was like, you know, why pigeonhole myself where we can actually take the practices and things that we've used to be successful, to be a, you know, part of the management team on the Inc. 5000 and the Inc. 500 for four years in a row take those techniques and move them outside and help lots of companies. And so we did that back in, I think, about 2016 or so. You know what when I, What stood out to me that you threw in really fast as if no one who's listening, he, you, you quickly said, I got fired, right? Um, <laughs> I got fired too from NetSuite and that's how I started CloudTap. So I'm laughing when I heard it because I think a lot of people are afraid to tell the truth. And, and typically a lot of times it's us getting fired or, or something, an event that, that um, gets us to stand up a lot stronger and taller. So uh, a lot of times people don't talk about that, but you threw it in there and I heard it. Um, yeah, well, I think look at look at LinkedIn, right? If we were all, oh, the truth is if everybody was as good as their LinkedIn profile, nobody would have ever failed. Well, they wouldn't be on LinkedIn, yeah. they'd be in Bali relaxing probably, right? Or tired by now. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's just silly. So that's actually part, part of the show, right? I think we like to be super transparent. I think uh, a lot of times our uh, buyers are first times buyers of, of, of sales agency services, or they've done it before and they weren't accessible. And I think oftentimes people aren't talking about, people aren't talking about the mistakes buyers make. And we're going to talk about that before we get into that. Tell us a little bit about RevHeat. Tell us about what you guys do um, overall, general. Give me the elevator pitch. And then I want to dive into your, your ICP. Yeah, perfect. I, I guess the, the the easiest way to say that what we do is we have a process that we've baked in called the Sales Alpha Roadmap, proprietary process where we convert underperforming sales teams into forecast beating quota giants. And so we do that throughout a process that we use and it involves a holistic look at a sales organization. So our skill sets are everything from on the sales consulting side, creating sales processes, roles and responsibilities, and all the structural stuff that you need, like systems, mm -hmm. processes, infrastructure. And then in addition to that, we're able to cable that with the tactical things that we do, which is, you know, B2B sales training. So um, we just firmly believe that, <laughs> I don't know, let's just say it, the sales training 
and consulting industry is freaking broken. You know, we sell stuff in a manner that we never can sell. And we you sell hacks. Say it again? So you said it, not me. Yeah, so. I mean, we sell hacks. We sell, hey, I'll teach your crew to be a better closer. But the Effingham Forgetting Curve says that, you know, six days after that training, they'll have forgotten 77% of it. So that's why we've changed. We do micro learning over the course of a year because we're more worried about impact and outcomes than we are in getting through a day. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I've created a model around the whole idea that it's got to take a holistic look because you can have the greatest sales team in the world, but the systems and processes are broke. There's going to be a massive amount of friction that's not going to allow you to be successful. Yeah, and I think one thing that stood out to me when we were talking earlier, you mentioned that you know you'd be doing male practice if you gave out a. Uh, recommendation without a full diagnosis, which I think is part of what is broken in the industry, um, which we're not gonna get too deep into it. That's gonna be another call, but I, I, I did appreciate what you said that because I, I, I have similar feelings to you. When it comes to your, your agency, are you focusing on more bottom of the funnel or top of the funnel, or, or are you guys looking at bottom of the funnel and top of the funnel just as revenue of one department? Is one, is one, is one more sought after as the other, or is it both? Uh, if you're talking about from the people who partake in our services, so to speak, yes. you know, we, I can tell you this, that we have, whether it's us or it's a slate of the experts that we have within our system, we go top to bottom. Um, where we really, really absolutely 100% crush it is kind of that, how do we take people from being transactional and ordinary sellers into consultative based sellers that are actually able to increase your margins, increase your average deal size and shorten your sale cycle times? So we really absolutely just have a, a really, really tight area there that we can absolutely crush it in. Then we've got, you know, people that work with us and experts within our, our field that, you know, we can help SDRs and BDRs. So um, it's a pretty full slate approach. Quite frankly, sales organizations these days have got, are multi-leveled. Mm -hmm. So I think you need to understand what's happening. So um, we diagnose no, it first. You, you can have both. You can be stronger than other. I'm like, look, at the end of the day, you can ask for more meetings or you can take your conversion rate from 5% to 15% and now you 3X meetings, right? So there's two sides of the output that people don't talk about, right? And I think always the heat is on more meetings, more meetings, which I think is dying going away. I think engagement's really bad. I, I, I personally do digital demand gen and when I do lead gen forms on LinkedIn, the number of lead gen forms is dying. And I saw this on a news article today that people are more likely they don't want news articles anyway. They want lead gen, right? They don't want to fill out forms, yeah. right? So um, at the same time, I think buyers are, are, are definitely, I think I think the focus on meetings will wind down. And I think that we'll finally have a spotlight on actual account executives and their conversion rates. So I um, I like where you're, I like where you're focused on. Cause I think the, 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 sh the light is on that area. Um, any technologies you guys like to, to coach? Is it, is it, he's gone a course or is it more about the, the systems and, and do you guys focus more on the, the people tech and process or is it one or the other? Or is it all three when you make recommendations? It's all three. You know, we're not, I would say as an example, we're not a salesforce.com expert integrator or whatever, although we have resources that can do it for us. Um, but we do look at, you know, how's your tech stack working with your people, et cetera. And we're also always looking at the newer stuff. You know, we're, I'm probably in chat GPT now. I bet you it saves me about four hours a week based on using it for ideation, that kind of stuff, huh? That's a big deal. Yeah. Four hours a week is, I can't do math, but 212 something hours is a big deal. 
<laughs> it's it's a lot of time. It's yeah. we could never do the things that we do. I could never do the additional content creation stuff that I need to do. Um, if it wasn't for having something like that. And so we even we run courses on how to teach, uh, you know, how do we teach sellers and sales managers about certain concepts? How do we teach sellers to go to an ideal client profile research? How do we teach them to do research about what those problems and challenges are that they're looking for? And it's so much easier than going to Google and getting a list of 270 sites that you have to sort through to figure out which one might actually make sense for you. Yeah. It's doing that sorting for you, which is the, the I think it's, I think it's going to make, I think it's going to, I think it's going to let the people that push above and beyond kind of go here and people that complain are going to kind of stay down here, which might be better for hiring companies. Cause now maybe by the time someone's an account executive and they're ready to be coached, they're actually, using the modern tools, you know, I think that's going to start separating people, but back to, back to your agency, talk to me about your best buyers. Do they tend to be software companies or service companies or both? Do you like one better yeah, than the other? I would say they're, they tend to be both, but here's where it changes. Um, we do all, it's only B2B. So if you have a B2B or B2C software company, that's not our wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, yeah, but if you're if you're a B2B seller selling enterprise, so you will know, be done business with people who companies who have sold the contractors and companies who have sold to kind of small business. We've done some over the years, but I would tell you that that's not the ideal fit. Like where we really crush it is when you're talking about I have to get a complex buying process through and it may not be super complex, but it's something that takes 90 to 180 days. And it's something where you know that you're going to get a champion, a buyer, and you're going to have a a you know a number of people involved. I mean, Gartner says there's 11 people involved in every buying decision today. Yeah, Those are the types of environments that we really function well. What in. do you define as a? You heard the word. You said the word enterprise. Do you define enterprise by complexity or by value or sometimes both? Can a can a enterprise? Yeah, sometimes. Okay. For purposes of this, I probably have to say both. Um, okay. For purposes of when we talk to people, it's more about the complexity, the idea, the value base, the how much consulting has to be done. Are you doing a one, are you doing a two call close? Or are you doing something that's going to take five to 20 calls? So we're not only talking about that. Usually when we're saying who you're selling to though, that usually happens somewhere above the $500 million level. So if your, your customer base is above 500 million, that could be smaller, but if it's above 500 million, that's the perspective where you're getting into these complex enterprise sales because you'll have multiple buyers involved in the process. And this is also where the area that improving something from a 5% to a 7% close rate could generate, could equate in millions of cash flow and valuation, right? So I think it's, 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 um, it, it makes sense why you focus on that ICP. It's where you have the biggest business impact, right? And ironically, those companies have to have a huge business impact too to sell as well, right? Um, if it makes sense. So it's like both your, both your account executives at that level have to understand how of an impact their product has. And then the companies that are looking to hire an expert like you and RevHeat have to understand that it's, you know, if you want to have a high impact selling, right, you have to kind of have it the same thing with training, right? If that makes sense. It makes sense to me. Um, yeah, it's perfect. Well, that's all that matters. We wanted it to make sense to you. No, I'm just teasing. We, we, you know, we think about it and it's, you know, let's just call it what it is. I mean, most companies, if you really talk to a CRO, a CEO, a VP, they want their sales team to be performing better. They just don't know where to start. 
And so they, they struggle with those components and it's things like what you said, like we can put a finer point on, let's say that you're converting, you know, 25% of your first calls into opportunities. Well, the best teams in the world convert 50 to 60%. So what does that I mean? Does that mean that's a double in potential opportunities. That's a double in potential revenue if you hold closing rates. So yeah, there's absolutely a way to look at this where you can say, do I want to make money today versus long-term? And like with our model from, you know, audit to accelerate good things, the accelerate component is let's get quick wins because we need to move the needle. And then the advanced is let's compound all of the wins we're getting. So long-term easier for you to grow your business. So software enterprise consultative sales process longer than 90 days, right? Um, lots of moving parts. These are the sales process where you got, 11 or more buyers involved in the process as, as Gartner citates. Um, what, what would you say from a region standpoint, are you, are you mainly focused the United States or are you guys, do you guys have a presence in APAC or is it mainly U S customers? What's your best region? Yeah. yeah I'd say most of what we do is North America. Um, we have companies that have divisions in New Zealand and Singapore. So I would, if you were to say Ken in 2023, yeah, it's, it's, you know, Canada, the United States, mostly cool. you were to say, Ken, what is 2024 going to look like? Uh, we're already talking to consultants throughout the world to branch and become a global entity. Awesome. Like we're in Colombia, Um, so we're all, you're, you're already getting, you're already getting your, your, your reach out there. Um, what separates you, what, what, what separates your agency from other agencies? Like, is there, is there something that comes to mind? Yeah, you started to allude to it based on our last conversation. You know, it's one of the things that um, I was fighting with for years. And we used to make good money just selling sales consulting and training the old way. But, you know, as we said, we talked about last time and you mentioned this time, you know, to actually prescribe a fix like in medicine, to prescribe a medicine without actually doing a diagnosis considered malpractice. Yet in our industry, when we're talking about the life of a business, they do it all the time. So we have a process that's called the sales and roadmap process, which begins with that audit. So we know exactly what we need to fix. Um, but it's a scientifically based process because we had two and a half million people that we're basing this on. We have 33,000 companies, 200 plus industries. So the biggest thing that separates us is all that data in order to figure out the best practices for your company in your industry. You also sell the way you train. Essentially, right? yeah, 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 which is important, right? Because if you, like you said before, other agencies that are trying to teach people about this consultative sales process, about really diagnosing people, and they're just saying yes to everything on a sales call, yeah. it's kind of hard to. It's like going to a trainer who's you're in better shape than him, and he's telling you he's going to get you in good shape. I had that happen to me, and I was like, man, man at thirty pounds, and you could <laughs> you could train me. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, what about mistakes that buyers make? That's kind of what we want to know. We want to know. What mistakes do buyers make when not only, you know, not just, I'm not talking about mistakes they make that affect closing rates. I'm talking mistakes that lead them to pick the wrong agency. Yeah. It's pretty simple to be honest. There's two primary mistakes that people who come to agencies like us make. One of them is they wait too long. Right. The average VP of sales, average CROs in their seat only 18 months. Yet if you talk the average VP of sales or a CRO, they're like, oh, I've got to, you know, get my feet wet and I got to be here for a year or 15 months before I'll entertain outside counsel. Well, by then you're on the clock. I mean, and it, it's over. So first is you wait too late. 
And the reason that's a problem is because when you work with the right agency, the time to impact is accelerated by two, three, four times what you could actually do on your own. Like we often tell people, it's not that we know more than you. We can just execute a hell of a lot faster than you can. And so that's where it comes to help. So one, don't wait for, don't wait, right? When you see a sign of trouble, see that. I think that's the first thing. And the second thing is because they wait, they tend to come in and go, um, so how can you fix this in 30 days? Like when we tell them our audit process is 30 days, yeah. right? They haven't fixed anything in 18 months. We tell them the audit process is 30 days and they go, oh, that's too long. Let's be honest, if you're turning around a sales team of any size, it's a six month to 12 month adventure and you have to be okay getting into it. And because of you, the leader of the organization doesn't understand that it's going to take six to 12 months. You cannot align all the stakeholders in your company to that's what's happening. You'll be put under these artificial timelines and you'll be pushed out. Yeah. We see it happening time and time and again. 85% of CEO, or, uh, VPs of sales and CROs right now are considering changing a job in the next 12 months if the economy doesn't turn around. It's a massive wave of problems because of this short-sighted approach. That makes sense. And it's interesting because I think it, I think it's I think it also trickles down probably to the way they sell, right? Uh, when I'm listening to it, it's like the the mistakes that they make as buyers typically are probably the same mistakes that their buyers make, and they're not connecting the two two together, right? They're probably having this conversation yeah. being like this guy is waiting to buy our enterprise solution when he, you know we he's waiting too long, his timelines are off, and then they're also it's like. It's like this bad habit, right? That kind of continues. And I, I see you laugh because you've seen it over and over again. And, and then, you know, like I, I, I laugh about this too, because I remember like, you know, trying to do outsource sales when we were an agency uh, and people would say, software leaders would say, we don't outsource. And I looked at them and I was like, SaaS is outsourcing. I was like, you're telling people not to buy developers in house because we built it and you can pay per month. And then they're like, we don't outsource. I'm like, well, you're not even, you're not, if you don't outsource, then you're trying to sell something that you don't even realize outsourcing. It's probably the same thing where like they can't even connect the two. I think that 99% of software leaders out there don't even understand that SaaS is outsourcing software development. I bet you they don't. Well, I think what you made, you made a, you made a, this is an incredible point that we can't run by. We have to make sure we sit on it for a second. And that is this, you will buy like you sell, you will sell like you buy. Like that's just a proven thing. We call it the buy cycle. We measure it in our audit and you will your sellers will do the same thing. And so this is what's so silly about that. You want to, here's how you can self-identify if you're doing this and you're on the extreme, if you're a company or business listening to this, are you asking your sellers to get give quarterly or monthly discounts because your calendar is flipping? Because that's the perfect example of not looking at this holistically and not looking at this like we need our sellers to be more effective and that's teaching your sellers and your buyers, eh, we're not worth what we asked you for the first time. It's like the government printing money. Yeah, it can be, certainly. It's like they raise interest rates too late, then over tighten, and they're going to print. It's the same thing. It's kind of ironic that we talk about this because a lot of these patterns not that we we experience in the professional world are, are, are carried in the personal world and the world in general. And I think that a lot of people are blind to connecting the dots like like you have, right? Um, yeah. And it's and it's it's interesting to talk about. Talk to me about it's behavior change, right, Amir? It's behavior change, and nobody likes. Why is 
why is America 65% obese? Like get out of the body positive image stuff. That's cool. Like go ahead. But there isn't anybody in the world who's going to tell you that the bigger your waistline is, the better your health is and the longer you'll live. But yeah, I've just- seen pictures of the 1930s in New York City and, uh, you, you know, it's kind of weird. But then again, sugar yeah. is a really powerful lobbying company, right? So yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a, it's like breaking the rules. It's like because we can't train new good behaviors, we make those bad behaviors acceptable. And that's not going to lead to a healthy population. It's not going to lead to healthy society. It's not going to lead to healthy business PL. Right, kind of translates. Yeah, totally true. Like you're, you're. It's here's the deal: if you're a leader in a company and you're not okay with change, how in the heck do you think that your sales team's supposed to be? That's that's true, and I, I'm guilty of some of this, right? Like as a as a as a leader of my company, like I'm oftentimes not paying attention in in, in daily standups and meetings. So like I I I'm aware of the fact that I I need to change some of my behaviors. So if anybody listening, I gotta I gotta look in the mirror too sometimes and not expect certain behaviors if I'm not doing it from the uh, the top down. But it's kind of interesting we have this conversation because it's really human psychology, right? It all breaks down to human psychology and that's what sales really is. Um, and it translates into zeros and ones, right? Into a bank account. And it's all connected. We're all, we're all doing the same mistakes, right? It's the same way that like, yeah, even our world, right? We have a pollution problem, but we build things to be thrown out versus being built things to recycle, right? Had we built things to be recycled, we'd be in a different situation. And it's just it's like a fundamental change where everyone kind of says, well, it's okay because they're passing the buck. But for anybody listening, if you want to stop passing the buck or excuses, I, I'd reach out to I'd reach out to Ken. Um, one more question, Ken, about uh, before I let you go. Uh, talk to me about mistakes buyers make now that they hired you, right? Different mistakes. They they, they have mistakes when they they when they find you. Talk to me about this perfect customer. They're a good timeline. They look great. You're like, this is gonna be. This is going to be a happy, satisfied, referring client. And then all of a sudden their behavior just sets a, sets an array or a stray. What, is, what does that look like? Yeah, the biggest mistake, it goes back to everything we've talked about today. Like, and I, I'm, I, I apologize, people. I don't mean to make this so simple that it's complicated, but it, it is. And that is, what do they do? The leadership, the sales manager, the sales leader, the CEO, the whoever it is that brings us in doesn't hold the people below them accountable for the changes that need to occur. They don't spend enough time in that because they assume, hey, oh, we're just going to give it to you and you're going to do it. Man, I my first business, I was like, oh, I'm going to hire all these people and we're going to take two weeks off between Thanksgiving and New Year's. And, and I'm like, oh, they're all going to want to work for me just because it's going to be awesome. That doesn't work. No. Like you literally have to show people the guardrails and you got to hold them accountable to it. And so the number one mistake is the lack of rigor around change management because we can come in and give you the world best world's best enterprise sales process, which we do. We can come in and give you the world's best hiring process for sales talent, which we do. We can come in and give you some of the world's best sales training, which we do. But if you don't hold people accountable to make the changes to actually implement those techniques, tactics, and strategies, you might as well just light that cash on fire. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. I, I, I think back to diet and personal training, right? I think chain, I think that discipline is, is that diet, right? It's like you could do all the right things, but if you're not reinforcing those behaviors, what are you really expecting, right? At the end of the day. And it's and it's so easy, I think, to blame the other. It's it's very I think we live in a society where people rarely look in the mirror. 
right? They, they don't say things like we said, I got fired. That's how I got here, right? They're not really looking in the mirror and they're, they will say things like, oh, that agency didn't give me a good experience, they didn't deliver what was promised. They will very rarely say, uh, we didn't actually follow what they told us and practice it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I, I can't solve for that. I'm like, I, I know that. I know that there's straightforward shooters like you and me in this world, and I hope that <laughs> I hope that we uh, don't upset too many people while we actually try to help people, right? Um, by being direct and honest. And the cool part is that we can always say this to each other, right? I think the big thing is that people who are listening here, it's not that you know, it's not that Ken has it locked down. It, Ken is also probably doing the same reps in his own business, right? Like I'm doing the same things that I preach in our own business, right? People often think that like we're selling a service that's different from what's happening internally, right? But it's like, it's not. We are we are literally listening to our own things and we're executing our things. That's how we get our muscles stronger, right? That's how we become experts at it. It's it's the book work, but it's also the, do, the doing work. Um, and you've been doing this for a while. So I'll, I'll leave it at this. If anybody wanted to reach out to you, pick your brain, learn from you, get there, Meeting to operate up 40%, get their opportunity close rate up 30% and make some money and stick to your principles. Where can they find you and how can they reach you, man? Yeah, so a couple of things they can uh, find. Always come check me out on LinkedIn. Connect with me personally and tell me that you listen to this conversation with Amir and I. And, you know, that qualifies you instantly for a free strategy call with me, not our sales team. So you can always do that, first of all. Second, you can check out our website or email me at ken at revheat.com. Um, and then, of course, you'll see more of us uh, with Amir's favorite, uh, with Amir's fantastic. I'm going to help you get people's strategy. I want to, I want to, I want to take you up that strategy. I'm going to, you're going to give me that strategy, and I'm going to broadcast it so we can just do it out loud. Out loud. I'm going to ask you. All right. So expect that. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Transform Sales Podcast. Ken, I appreciate you, man, and I look forward to learning from you because I believe that I can learn from you, and I don't know everything. So. Yeah. I don't either. You know, you know, the number one thing people get from me is that I've made enough failures that I just try to get people to stop repeating my mistakes. That's what I tell people too. I think that's a certain point where you hit uh, maturity, where you can be real and be like, I made, I lost $10 million doing this. Don't lose more money because I already did it. And that's the real deal, how people learn. So Ken, thank you again for the transparency, the honesty and keeping it real when other people don't. Have a good day, man. Take care.